0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle, brought to you by FullScale.io.
1: And we're back for another episode of the Start a Puzzle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. Excited to be joined today by Zeno Rovato from Tier Ads. We're going to be talking today about mobile apps and marketing. You know, I've I've always wondered how these mobile apps get millions and billions of users and how to create a mobile app and launch it to the app store and if anybody really cares that I do that and would download it. So hopefully we're going to learn all all, all about that today about how to market a mobile app and get billions of users. I think this is going to be a good one today. Um, So today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Double, a flexible assistant service for busy executives that match you with an experienced assistant. Double handles all of the upfront, time-consuming items such as interviewing, matching, onboarding, invoicing, and training. Go to withdouble.com today and get fifty percent off your first month when you sign up with the code hustle twenty two. Zeno, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How, how about you? Just living the dream. Although I would rather, uh, I'd rather be where where you are today. I know you're a world traveler. And your company is actually based out of Singapore. But did you say you were in Bali today?
0: Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's actually uh, uh, right now I'm in Bali. I've been living here for about uh, uh, two and a half years, but in Indonesia, about three and a half years in total. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely love it here. Well, I've never been there, but I've been
1: to Singapore, and it's one of my absolute favorite places I've ever been. And um, we could talk all day about. Southeast Asia and travel, but I don't think anybody cares. So yeah. <laughs> my, my, my question for you then is, uh, tell us about your background, and um, I know you you said you're actually Dutch and you lived in California, and somehow or another unit up in Southeast Asia, so love to hear about your background and, and how you
0: started tier ads. Yeah, cool. So uh, I actually studied in a very different area. I actually studied automotive business management. And uh, uh, I, I did uh, car sales for about a, about a year. But then okay. I was like, okay, I, I don't really want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> eventually, I uh, uh, started into mobile app marketing about seven years ago. Uh, I had a company before this with my brother in the Netherlands. And uh, after about three, four years there, um, I, I chose to go to Asia and uh, leave the company over to my brother and then start up uh, something new in uh, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, because I thought like, yeah, that was be a good market to, to go into. And uh, uh, ever since then, I've been uh, uh, in Southeast Asia, really. So it's since uh, uh, 2019, really, I've been, uh, I've been here and uh, 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 been doing mobile app marketing for uh, uh, apps in Southeast Asia. And since uh, two years, we also went in back into Europe and United States. So it's basically globally, we're doing uh, app marketing across the board. Okay. So do you
1: guys have like a a certain specialty? Like what does tier ads do? Like if if I signed up for tier ads, like who's your like target customer and like what kind of services do you provide them?
0: Yeah. So we mainly help uh, apps that want to promote when they've already got their foot in the door a little bit with their initial users. So what I mean with that is like they've already started with their Facebook campaigns, their AdWords campaigns. You know, they already know what their funnel looks like. And what they're really looking to go for is like breakthrough and really scale up. So our company really helps uh, app developers that want to go from like 100K downloads to 10 million plus downloads. So really, they need to scale quickly. They need to get it done. They have maybe venture capitalists or anything like that that need to uh, fuel that growth and they need to show growth numbers. And our company is really there to help them uh, support that growth and get it done in the time frame that they need it.
1: So these are all primarily B 2 C companies, right? They're consumer consumer facing, right?
0: Yeah, ma- mainly consumer facing. Uh, there are also some B 2 B apps in Indonesia because it's a very large market. It's like a merchants, uh, like the they have local merchants, so they the, the app is like a merchants app. Uh, but that's less of of the amount of apps. It's like like ten percent of the the apps. I would say even less five percent of the apps that would be uh, what we promote. But mainly B 2 C apps. Yeah.
1: So do you? Do you uh, have customers from all over the world or do you focus primarily on like US market and Southeast Asia or how do you
0: do so that? So we actually have customers all, all across the board. We have a, a wide range of different types of clients actually. So in Southeast Asia, we have a, a big, big presence. So the majority of the team is in Southeast Asia, uh, but we also have in Europe and uh, in the United States, we also have uh, uh, team members of ours and uh, clients as well. Uh, and our clients are from like... China to uh, Singapore, Indonesia, Philippines, Europe, m- most mm-hmm. countries in Europe and the United States and all over the place basically, yeah.
1: So if somebody has like a, a mobile game or, or something like that and they've got 20,000 people that have downloaded their game, they turn to somebody like you to figure out like, hey, how do we get, how do we acquire new customers for 50 cents a, a, or $5 a, a user or whatever it would be? Like that's that's your
0: guys' kind of sweet spot is to help them figure out how to do that yeah so it's usually like for games and non-games it's very uh, different so like a game is going to be like okay i want to get new users but i want uh, roi after 30 days 60 days 90 Mm -hmm. days they have some kind of funnel on that Right. Whereas a uh, non-gaming app is more of like they want to achieve a certain event within the app, right? Like a subscription, right. Or like a purchase, or uh, uh, some uh, loan submission, or like a, a deposit, something like that. That's what the main KPIs are that the client that like an app would be looking for.
1: So, for a U.S. based company, you know, a U.S. based app, what what does it usually cost to acquire a new a new down a new user? I mean, is it, if I've got millions of dollars to spend, like
0: how many, how many customers can I acquire this way? So it really depends on your goals. You know, if you're just looking like for installs, it's very cheap. You can get very, very cheap installs. It's like uh, maybe 10 cents the the download, but then the user won't really do anything, you know? So they'll just install the app and, and delete it right away. So. Um, you don 't really want that, so it really depends on like what you want the user to do and how how high of a quality do you want to have it so it, it depends if you if you get a user that wants to do a deposit and is' like an active trader and for example a finance app right that right. is a very valuable user and people will pay a lot more for that type of user so in the u s it can go up to from ranging from two dollars all the way up to ten dollars per install uh, depending on how uh, active such a user is.
1: So if it costs, say, 10 cents in the United States to get somebody to download my my game or whatever, I would guess to get somebody to do that in like the Philippines or Indonesia or some other countries, like it could be a lot less than that, right?
0: Yeah, you can go a lot less, yeah. You can go to cents uh, to if you really want it. Uh, so that's the, for in Philippines or in India, for example, you can maybe run campa- uh, run campaigns for one cent just for installs. Uh, that's crazy. You'll just get installs, nothing else than that. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. And so you guys were able to do that primarily through Facebook
0: advertising,
1: Google advertising, or is it what what other channels are there?
0: Everything outside of Facebook and Google AdWords. So usually every app developer knows how to do their own Facebook marketing and their own AdWords marketing to get started, and but they'll hit a certain limit where they can't really scale any further. Right, there's, there's, uh, They'll only be able to get uh, 30,000 downloads a month, maybe, or 20,000 downloads a month. Got and it. What, they, what they come for us is they're looking for the entire advertising uh, ecosystem, uh, ecosystem, which is very, very big, where you can promote your app on many, many, many different ways than just Facebook or AdWords. So what are some of those other ways? I'm, I'm intrigued now yeah so there a couple different ways that are there it's like uh, one is like oem advertising so oem advertising stands for uh original equipment manufacturers so these are like uh, uh samsung right samsung has their own app store uh, uh Xiaomi me is a chinese uh, device manufacturer mm-hmm. manufacturer they have their own app store same for vivo oppo transient um but you also have telcos like uh, t-mobile Mm-hmm. Uh, the, these have what's called pre-install campaigns or they have their own app stores where you can actually use, uh, promote your apps within these app stores. Um, and um, you, you can actually promote as well on uh, getting your app pre-installed on, your, on a phone or when they uh, op- uh, buy a new phone, that the first thing that they see is that they'll be able to uh, ch- select the apps that they want to choose. So that's one of the ways that you, you will be able to do that.
1: So, if i'm an app developer and i want to take advantage of that do they have to change their app do i have to no, like change my android app to work on these other marketplaces and things like that
0: no it's actually not uh, not needed um and the only thing is that you have to upload it into these app stores our company actually has a very good relationship with all of these o- uh, oems so we're actually able to upload it for our clients uh, but there are also solutions that you can automatically upload it into all the different stores for you for uh, just using one platform for example um, so that if you upload it into Google Play Store, it gets uploaded into all these alternative stores for you as well. And then you don't really have to make any changes. So it's, it doesn't take that much time. That, make, that makes
1: sense. Is, is a lot of that for non-U.S. markets or that even applies in the U.S.?
0: So uh, for the U.S., it would be the Samsung store, for example. Like Samsung mm-hmm. has a high penetration. So it really depends on like, the market that you're looking at and what the penetration of the, uh, uh, the, the phone manufacturer is, right? So in Europe, for example, yeah. Xiaomi has, actually has a quite high penetration. Um, Huawei actually has a high penetration. Um, and a couple other of, of these uh, OEMs actually have a, a good penetration. So it really mm-hmm. depends
1: americans think everybody has an iphone but you go outside the united states and that's just not not the case like i know in the philippines like very few people have iphones because they're insanely expensive and yeah. uh but everybody's got oppo phones yeah, yeah oppo phones <laughs> yeah yeah you say oppo.
0: Oppo, oppo in america and nobody will know know about it <laughs>
1: yeah that that's the thing yeah. most people don't realize there's different brands of phones and uh, around the world and you know in in the Philippines, the average person, uh, you know, may make $300 a month or whatever. They're not going to spend $1,500 for the new iPhone. Like, not going to happen. No. So no. It's, you have other markets that are dramatically different. So, so you know, you hear a lot about, love to talk more about advertising in and mobile and the changes that have happened. So, you know, I know Apple made a big change over the last couple of years that I thought I heard cost Facebook like billions of dollars. Love to get more of your insight into some of the, how that mobile advertising is is affecting things, and some of that would affect you know uh, app developers, right? Like if I'm developing an app and I'm going to rely on ad revenue in my app, you know all this matters matters to me too, right? So um, curious your your insight into the changes that Apple has made and some of these other changes that are coming down.
0: Yeah, that has had a huge impact on uh, on uh, on all Apple developers. Really, um, what we will see is like the amount of advertising that is done on Apple is actually diminishing quarter over quarter. quarter. So the, the the Android advertising actually is increasing in terms of the one that is done on iOS, um, and uh, they're trying to make a solution with this. This is something like called SK Ad Network. That's like Apple's way of doing uh, marketing a- attribution but it's very inefficient still. You're not really able to do a lot of things on that side to actually um, uh, track the downloads very correctly. So um, a lot of people have, a lot of marketeers have actually been taking their marketing budgets and putting it into the Android ecosystem. But the problem there is that um, there's something coming up that's called Google Privacy Sandbox. And uh, Google Privacy Sandbox is basically... Uh, the removal of the Google Advertiser idea. That is uh, what what happened with the IDFA, right? Is that they give you consent to either you want to uh, give your ID, uh, ID to an advertiser or not, but with the removal of the Google Advertiser ID, that basically that consent is not even there anymore. It's just going to be gone all completely. And Google is going to be coming up with their own solutions to basically remove that and depreciate that. So let so let's,
1: Back up for just a, a second and help explain to people what that really means. So Apple did something very similar, right? And and I'm gonna take a swag at what I think this really means. And you tell me if I'm right. So if I'm an app developer on iPhone before and in my app I wanted to show ads, I wouldn't have been able to potentially get some IDs that would have better linked my my anonymous user, I don't know who they are, back to their Facebook profile and things like that. they and I would have been able to show them more relevant ads, right? And I would have got more ad revenue because I was showing them more relevant ads. Is is that Is that my understanding? And then the changes that they did made it so now that person is more anonymous. So when I show them ads, I'm not making as much money because they're just more generic ads.
0: Yeah. So the, the, the main thing with advertising really with that ID is that that ID is connected to a lot of Things that you've done, for example, like mm-hmm. the, the apps that you've downloaded, the apps that you use, or the things that you like. And that allows a, 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 an advertiser to target you with specific yeah. ads. It's that more you valuable. Be, yeah, you're more valuable with that ID there because we know exactly, okay, this is with my user. This is the right. user I need to show the ad to. It's, now it's more of, okay, I don't really know if my ad is actually being shown to the people that actually want to have my app or right. not. Right. It just, it's like shooting. And I, I a have edit. to be honest
1: as a consumer, I don't really like that either. It's like me watching TV ads and I'm seeing TV ads for Viagra. Like I don't really yeah. need to see that. <laughs> I'd rather see a TV ad about something I care about, like that I would actually be interested in. Right. So same thing if I'm, if I'm watching a mobile ads, I'd rather at least be an ad that I would be care about than just be something that's just totally wacky and stupid. So to some degree, I understand they're protecting consumers, but I almost feel like it almost makes a worse experience for consumers too. Does
0: that yeah, make well, sense? It's, it's uh, you're seeing a lot of irrelevant ads now. So yeah. um, it, it's basically a lot of ads that are just being shown just to show uh, uh, whatever they can uh, uh, sell you. And, uh, and most of the times, it's really just not what you want to see at all. So yeah the experience for the user is actually not benefiting from I'd rather
1: that. see ads that actually like sell me cool shit that I want you know tell me that you know Tommy Bahama is running some big promo and click here and save 20% on a new pair of jeans and like I'd rather learn about that than just some like really generic crappy stuff that makes no sense
0: that's just yeah, the that, that, that's the way it's going, going right now. So, uh, And with the, the Google Privacy Sandbox that's up and coming, that's basically just going to become even worse, but then on, on the Android uh, ecosystem. right? Now. So it's the same thing that's going to happen on that side. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's going to also cause a lot of issues and, be, and make it very difficult for a marketeer to be able to target the right user. So ultimately, that's going to make
1: mobile app developers, like if I'm developing a mobile app and I rely on ad revenue... I'm gonna get less ad revenue now, right?
0: Yeah. The dramatically. Ultimately.
1: Yeah. And if I'm a big brand trying to advertise to people, I can't I can't put enough money to work. I can't get I can't get the right audience anymore, and I can't advertise enough. So this yeah, is, I- to some degree, this it seems like it's bad for everybody.
0: Who is this good for? Who who what was the problem they were trying to solve? <laughs> Uh, so uh, this is actually a very big thing in our industry what a lot of people talk about. And they they actually say that uh, uh, the one who won the most from all of this was actually Apple. Because um, they just won- said screw everyone else? No, they actually started doing their own advertising uh, products because the Apple uh, App Store was not... Uh, not a lot of advertisers were actually promoting in the Apple App Store too much yet. And uh, the moment they switched, one of the best ways to track downloads and, and, and mm. uh, track performance campaigns on Apple became their own solutions. And one of the things that they're developing right now is basically a marketing stack from Apple. So, um, uh, so they basically we, created their own little monopoly and said, screw
1: everyone else. Exactly. And Google thought, looks like a good idea. Let me try that as well.
0: So, so.
1: So Google is now doing the exact same like they're going down the same path like so we'll still be able to market but you can you're really going to have to pay Google to do that marketing instead of maybe being able to use other ad marketplaces or whatever like it's going to be much more I have to give my money directly to Apple or Google to do these ads. (laughs)
0: Yeah, unless you're smart about it, really. Uh, but basically, that's the way that's, that's it's coming up to it. Uh, so basically, Apple and Google are both really trying to centralize that. Uh, in my opinion, right? They won't uh, bring it out like, "Oh, this is what we're trying to do." But um, in my opinion, that's what they're trying to to, to accomplish. So mm. uh, unless you're smart about it, you really prepare for it, right? Um, and there are ways for you to prepare for it, uh, you can actually get ahead of the curve. And if you are prepared for it, while well, others are not, that's going to give you a huge opportunity for you to be able to effectively market your app and also monetize your app really, really effectively. So I'm excited for you to tell me
1: how to prepare for that. Before we do that, I do want to remind everybody that as a reminder, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Double, the experts in pairing founders with remote executive assistants you can trust. Everybody needs one of those. Startup hustle listeners can go to withdouble.com, use code hustle 22 and unlock 50% off your first month, or you can just click on the link in the show notes. Everyone needs a great assistant. We love double assistants. Um I love having assistant. It's very helpful. So how how do both advertisers and app developers prepare themselves for this, for these changes, as you're saying? Like what what, what do they need to do? To kind of, uh, I don't know if I'd say take advantage of the changes because it sounds like there's <laughs> it was just like a crappy deal all around. But to survive the changes, maybe that's the term. How, how do they survive these changes?
0: Well, if you really prepare for it, well, you can actually uh, benefit hugely from it because if you if, if you are able you can be to be first to market, first to market, basically, yeah. yeah. So um, what I'm seeing a lot is that there's uh, new initiatives coming to make. Uh, IDs that are outside of Google Advertise ID and outside of the IDFA really. So uh, that are also at the same time focused more on on, uh, not sharing any personal information between uh, two parties. So that's basically uh, a a private ID. Um, There's there's like um, um, an initiative called UUID 2.0 that's from like the trade desk this is uh from this is in programmatic advertising and basically what they do is they have a hashing protocol and what a hashing protocol is that you have a uh a phone number or an email address that you have from your users that are very good users that you like and um uh you can up, uh, you can in- incorporate that into the uh, hashing pro- uh, protocol and get a hashed id now that hashed id would be something that if it matches on both the advertiser and on the publisher, which is the one that shows the ad, so the app developer, and the one that wants to promote the brand, right? And they have that ID that's matched, you can still be able to target the exact user that you're looking to target so if if you're able to do that right you'll be able to monetize at a much higher level than you would be able to do today because that would be such a commodity that a lot of people will be looking for uh, to be able to target exactly on was well, that kind of similar to how it used to work though yeah exactly how it used to work it's basically a way to get around google and a way around uh, uh, apple because uh, most of the marketing industry is like, okay, well, we don't want to be dependent on these two parties. We just want also be able to be able to target uh, users without having to need uh, these these parties and their solutions.
1: So, a lot of this was done in the cover of data privacy. So, how how does the data privacy affect all of these things and and the new you know the new stuff you you just
0: described there? How how is that all gonna affect data privacy? Yeah, so the the Google Advertiser ID and the depreciation of that, right? And the IDFA and the depreciation of that was Apple and Google's initiative to really try to uh, uh, give user privacy back to the user, right? So when we have such a hashing protocol with the uh, UUID 2.0, right, from Trade Desk, what you can do with that is um, you can still be able to uh, target users if they give consent, right? So if you're able to get consent from your user, from, from the publisher side that they say, okay, I give consent to give, uh, uh, uh my, uh, uh, ID out, then you'll be able to still be able to target that. So um it's it's all about consent nowadays so if you don't get consent from your users that you're able to do these kind of things you're not you're not going to be able to do any kind of marketing moving forward as in the past you know um it was all very uh out of sight right they would take a lot of data from you without you even knowing and now it's really going to be more focused on having the users consent that they're okay with it that we're actually going to be Uh, uh, using their data or not. So it brings back to the same same point that you brought earlier, right? That you said, like, I want to see ads that are more targeted because I don't want to see weird ads, right? Uh, This will allow you to also give consent and will make it possible. So yeah, there's there's some good things in that side as well.
1: So is that going to be as simple as like when I install an app, it asks me like, can it use my camera or use my storage or whatever? Is it going to kind of prompt the same way and
0: say, do you agree to
1: receive ads or
0: whatever, or how will they do that? Yeah, something similar in that uh, that area. Yeah, so it'll be some kind of uh, consent that, uh, or in the privacy statement that says, okay, hey, are you okay with us that we use this uh, 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 ID? And then if they say yes on that, then it will still be something that they can consent on. Um, Apple or Google will probably want to have something very explicit that you ask, some kind of prompt, like same as like the, the contact, like are do you allowed to get access to contacts or anything like that? So it'll be similar yeah. in that range. So how does the privacy
1: changes that are that are coming out also affect app developers in regards to just how they collect customer information? Like they sign up, you know, and I get their email, people's email addresses and, and all these different things. Like how does... How do all these privacy laws impact that part of it too, of just like having consumer information?
0: So like I said, it's all about consent nowadays, right? So you really need to explicitly ask for consent from the, from the user now. Um, and that's going to be very important for anything that you keep in mind. If you don't ask for the the consent, the laws, like what happened with GDPR in Europe, for example, and with the, the privacy laws in California, they're actually, you explicitly need to ask for consent, and you need to make the user aware of what, what type of information you're getting and what you're doing with that. And if you do that correctly, right, you're still going to be fine in everything that you do. You just really need to be clear what you're doing. So for the customers you work
1: with, do you do a lot of um, long-term campaigns with them to kind of always you know, supplement the, the growth of their, their apps? Or, or do a lot of people come to you when they're launching a brand new app?
0: Yeah, so uh, most of the clients that we work with are long-term clients. So we like to work with clients that we can have long-term partnerships with because it takes a lot of energy from us in the beginning when we're starting up a campaign because we really need to look at... Because every app is different, we try to make a tailored approach for every single app. Like, okay, what channel, what traffic source will work well? Does this uh, this traffic source work well for your app or does that traffic source work well for your app? And that takes a lot of time and initiative. So once we start a campaign, we usually tend to want to run it for a very long time with the client. Um, uh, and it really depends on their KPIs and what they're looking to achieve, right? So if you're a gaming app, right, you want to achieve 100% ROI, right? Makes sense. You you put in $1, you want to get $1 back and, and some extra, right? That's the goal of what you want to get back from your marketing campaigns. Um Whereas a, uh, a finance app, for example, or an investment app, what they want to have is they want users that deposit and then trade a lot so that they can earn from the fees. So every app has their own KPIs and their own settings and like what what, what is their business model how they can make money. And once they make money, uh, they'll be a long-term client in our perspective. So. We just focus on how do, we, how do our clients make money? How, do you, how can you actually grow your app and actually make money from that? Uh, uh, and, and that's the channels that we focus on that will actually make our, our, uh, the app developers money as well.
1: I'm curious what your insight is like for, for these companies that have created some kind of mobile app and they had at least a certain amount of success. Um, how fast do they grow? versus like is advertising almost like a complete necessity for them to grow, right? Like, I imagine most apps have some small network effect and referrals and and maybe they're doing some other kinds of advertising. But I mean, is it almost a requirement that they do this, this kind of advertising for customer acquisition for them to really be successful?
0: Uh, no, it's not required, I would say. It It really depends on how quickly you want to grow often. Like if you're just a small developer and uh, you're okay with earning a few thousand extra uh, a month, right? Um, you can do it by yourself. Like you don't need a company like ours but um, okay. or, or any marketing company or any marketing campaigns really. Uh, But if you're looking to really get a lot of users in a very short amount of time or if you're looking to continuously grow your app uh, because you're making it into a full business, right, then you always want to have some kind of user acquisition going on. Um, uh, That's just a must because you'll have users that don't want to use the app anymore or that users that… Uh, 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 come after uh, uh, might reactivate after a year or something like that. So there always has to be some kind of branding or performance marketing going on to keep your brand up up to speed. Um, but yeah, that's that's really what we see that works well.
1: So I'm curious, what other what other kind of tips you have for mobile developers that are you know, for long-term success, like long-term growth and success of their apps, if you have any like specific just kind of tips for them.
0: Yeah, so the main thing I would see that I see a lot with um, uh, app developers is that when you uh, build your app and when you launch your app, have a clear vision of like how you think you want to monetize it. So I have had many app developers that build an app. They get a very nice app out there. And then... um, They get a good amount of users but they have no idea how to monetize it uh and if you don't combine a good app and monetization together you're not going to have a sustainable business model so that's one thing that i see a lot of app developers have this great idea of, of how to build the app but then they don't really focus on okay how am i actually going to make money with the app those two need to go hand in hand um it's no longer the way how it was in the past. You just need a good app and then uh, you'll get funding and then you'll, uh, you'll sell the app eventually. That no, doesn't really work that much anymore. Uh, it's really about making it a sustainable business model. That's really the main, the main point.
1: So I'm curious, um, is there a certain kind of minimum budget that people need to, to work like with a company like yours? I mean, do they just need a few thousand dollars a month in, in ad budget
0: or does it you know, take a whole lot of cash? Yeah, it usually starts around 2000 Um okay. we, usually, we usually start with around 2000 on on budget. And uh, if everything goes well in terms of the KPIs that we achieve and you're happy with everything, then we scale up from there. Um, we don't want to uh, put any commitments on that side. You, marketing needs to be pre- profitable for app developers, right? And uh, if it's not profitable for them, they're not, they don't want to continue. It's as simple as that. So do you have customers
1: that spend like millions of dollars a month on advertising?
0: Yeah, with six figures uh, is definitely something that goes very quickly, especially in the gaming side. Um, So gaming advertisers are very, very big on spending and uh, uh, they're always looking for new ways to get more user acquisition done. So uh, gaming is by far the biggest area and also the one that we see growing the most um finance was very big in the beginning of the year but of course like uh, most of the finance markets not that good anymore so the finance apps i also have stopped promoting a little bit uh uh and uh, we see entertainment apps and social apps like uh tiktok similar apps to like tiktok that are doing a huge amount of promotion uh and it's very competitive market
1: well, and that, that's what's interesting, too, is you've most people don't realize this, of course, but it's a global world and, and it's a global market. And you've got competitors to a lot of these things and in other countries that are totally different, you know, Americans and, and stuff I've never heard of. And, you know, um, it's like Uber's common here, but I go to the Philippines and it's, you know, Grab or Ancus or other apps, like totally different things. And so, yeah, um, th- th- there's a whole different world out there that most people just aren't aware of.
0: Yeah, it's a, every every market has their own like uh, uh, local apps, right? So like if you go to Korea, you have uh, Kakao Talk, I think, and uh, you have the one store that's their own app store, completely uh, separate. See, one of the only places oh, wow. that has that. Yeah, it's a very funny, uh, and they have everything by themselves. They they just chose to do everything uh, by themselves. Uh, and then if you go until so Apple uses that too, or what? No, Apple's, but it, uh, most people buy Samsung phones there. It's like ninety okay. percent market share is Samsung, right? It's it's they have very high penetration there. A Korean, the, the that's a Korean. That's a Korean brand, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're they're all buying that just because I I don't know uh, maybe some nationality thing that they're like oh okay it's because it's a Korean brand we're all going to buy it, <laughs> but uh, uh, they have very high penetration there. Um, well,
1: I guarantee all of them uh, know somebody who works at Samsung, also, right? Like, yeah, it must the be. degrees yeah. of separation of that have got to be very small? I mean, at the end of the day, South Korea is, you know, mostly Seoul and and a couple other cities. Like, it's not, it's not, you know, hundreds of millions of people to live there. So, I, I imagine there's a lot of, uh, you know, close network support of of Samsung, and everybody knows somebody that works there. So.
0: Yeah that must be yeah it's um but it's interesting to interesting see like every indi in individual market has their own uh, uh local touch right so japan mm-hmm. has line if you go to, uh, if you go to indonesia it has gojek it's uh has our own whole suite of apps right so uh, if you're marketing an app right and uh, you want to look into the southeast asian market or anything like that it's like be understanding that it has a completely different mentality around certain apps is extremely important, especially if we were going into these kind of markets. Well, I think, I think that's a great
1: question there that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, what if I have built a, an app or a game and I want to take it internationally? Is that something that you guys help with of like, oh, the language part of it and the currency part of it and understanding the nuances of, of the world market? Is that
0: something you guys kind of consult around as well? Yeah, we help with uh, getting everything uh, onto all the alternative app stores. So if you want to get any app on any uh, alternative app store, we can help you out with that. The translation part, we don't really help with, but we do know which markets you can start testing out with. Like, in, for example, if you want to get a bit of an idea of like how the Southeast Asian market works, right? Philippines is actually a great market to start because there's a very high penetration of English uh, 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 so, the you can start in that market and, and then get a little bit of an idea of like, okay, what other, what should I pay for download? What is the ROI right. of those downloads? Like, what should I expect from it? And then once Pull you that see up. that, yeah. yeah. Then once you see that you can make the investment into doing the translation. So the, we always start with the Philippines. That's one of the first markets that we start with. We say, okay, if you get good success there, then we can start helping you with maybe, uh, finding a translation agency or anything like that, that can help you out there. Yeah.
1: So, what other? I'm curious if you have any other kind of growth hacks or, or suggestions for mobile app developers. Uh,
0: so, yeah, if you're a mobile app developer, you really want to grow uh, heavily. Um, I would say, like getting featured or uh, on the Google Play Store or the iOS App Store is one of the ways that we see the the highest uh, uh, growth coming from from app developers. So, uh, we sometimes. Uh, uh, there are companies that are specialized in helping you get featured. So if you, if you want to, if you have an app and you really need to grow a lot, one of the ways that you can get the, uh, get that done is getting featured by Google Play Store. And uh, that is just going to be an increase of like 500,000 downloads to a million downloads just by being featured. So wow, that's that's one of the best ways really to to, to get a lot of users. So uh, it would even uh, perform better than us, right? Because there's just a huge amount of downloads in a short amount of time. Um, but, uh, next to that is also app store optimization, app store optimization is also very important because any paid promotions that you do, uh, if you do app store optimization, you know, you're just going to, uh, uh the paid promotions are just going to make those the, the app store optimization results get much, much better. So you're going to get high, better rankings for keywords. You're going to get better rankings for uh, your overall rankings. Um, and that's just also going to have a huge impact for you.
1: So do you have to pay a lot to become featured or is that more like bribing somebody at Google or how, do that, how does that happen?
0: Um, so in the past, it was uh, uh, oh, for, in Apple, was like who was in the the, the, the cafe at the, the main uh, Apple compound that they have there. If you were, were, knew anybody there and you said, hey, I have this app, you would just come there as a developer with your app and then maybe they will feature you, but now it's a lot more uh, structured. So there's whole teams that actually... Uh, help you uh, to get in contact with someone from Google or get in contact with someone from from the app, app store uh, uh, to get them to review your app and see, okay, hey, maybe we can get your app uh, um, uh, featured. It's not really a uh, pay and you can get featured. No, it's just that they'll consult you on actually getting featured. So uh, it's all about connections on that side.
1: I'm looking at on my phone here. I was just kind of curious what the top grossing apps are on, this is on Android. And, uh, it's just kind of surprises me after all these years, like candy crush and clash of clans are still on the top of the list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they still do great. Uh, that blows also, my mind. Yeah. They also do a lot of marketing. So they also always do user acquisition. It's they, yeah. they have an always on campaign and they're very aggressive with that. So, uh, uh they want to be on top of the spot there at all times. So, There's actually a lot of like similar smaller apps that try to do the same thing, but they just don't, they're not able to get towards that top ranking, which gets a lot of organic users. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of knockoffs of those apps. Well, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by our friends over at Double. Double's remote executive assistance can help you with everything from email, calendar organization to expense reporting, database management, a lot of different tasks. Find your perfect assistant today. Head over to withdouble.com. Use code HUSTLE22 and unlock 50% off your first month. Even easier, click on the link in the show notes while you're there. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss a daily dose of the startup hustle. And thanks for joining us today. Um, so as we round out the episode here, I'm, I'm curious. Do you have any other you know, final tips, You know, uh, words of wisdom for mobile app developers out there?
0: Uh, yeah, I would just say if, um, uh, get prepared right now for the upcoming changes with the Google Privacy Sandbox. And if you're well prepared now and you get already uh, uh, towards a solution that you can actually monetize with these uh, uh, different solutions for uh, uh, targeting users, you will actually be able to benefit hugely from that. So I think right now the main message I would say is uh, prepare now and be able to profit from it later. Uh, by be, being uh, one of the only ones that be able to do it. All right. Well, today's episode this was with Zeno Rovado
1: from Tier Ads, and if your company does mobile apps, I'm sure his company Tier Ads can help you um, with your advertising and 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 expansion and growth. So definitely give uh, check them out. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Like, we do it.